I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Art of Decluttering podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Kirsty Ferugia from Feels Like Home Professional Organizers. And I'm Amy Ravel from Simply Organised. We can't wait to share with you all our tips and tricks to help you declutter and keep your home and family organised. If you'd like to engage with the podcast further, you can find us at The Art of Decluttering on Facebook. Let's get started. You've joined us for episode 70 of The Art of Decluttering. Today we'll be talking about decluttering and organising your Listener questions. Well, hopefully we don't have to declutter the listener questions, but we will answer them, won't we? (laughs) We will. Hey, we have just had somebody join over on Patreon. How exciting. Uh, Patreon is such a great platform. It's where creatives like us can invite their listeners to join them and partner with them by making a financial contribution as small as a dollar a month. I know. That's less than a coffee a month. Well, it's less than a coffee a season. (laughs) I don't know how expensive your coffee is, but a dollar coffee isn't going to get you very far. No. Well, you no, I know somewhere that does dollar coffee. <laughs> so, Olivia, thank you so much for Yay. joining us over at Patreon. And if you would like to join us too, you can just visit patreon.com forward slash the art of decluttering. We love you so much, Lib. Thank you so much. Right. Let's get on to today's episode. Listener question. So we put out a post on Facebook and said, if you've got a burning question that you would like Kirsty and I to answer, let us know what it is. And we have seven questions that we've um, been sent through. We're going to read those out and answer them for you. Yes. So Katie Oakenfull said, any suggestions on how to clean up under a kitchen sink with a whole heap of stuff that you may use for cleaning once or twice a year and you have limited space? Mm. So this is really interesting because I'm not sure what you would use once or twice a year that you wouldn't then use 
fairly regularly and if there wouldn't be a way that you could make those the same product. What do you think? Oven cleaner. You don't use your oven cleaner very often. My clean... Well, let's be honest. I don't clean my oven. My cleaners clean my oven, but they actually don't use an oven cleaner. They just use the normal cleaning stuff that they use every day and it sparkles. Oh, I'm totally up for not using oven cleaner. It's toxic and... But some people but may use it. Yes, some people do. In fact, I was sitting with my girlfriend yesterday and she was saying that her and her husband have organized a great Saturday date. Oh, cleaning the oven. Cleaning their oven. <laughs> <laughs> so how does how do we suggest to Katie that you would clean up under the sink? Because, you know, it can end up with sponges and cleaning products that you don't need to access all the time. So what would you recommend? I would recommend quickly just having things that you know that you use very often and actually being really thoughtful about what it is that you do need. Like, have you bought things that you thought, yeah, yeah, I'm going to use that or I should use that and then find yourself reaching for the same product for every every time you go to clean. And if that's the case, get rid of all the rest of the other products. That's a great idea. What we've got um, in ours is I've actually installed a rail underneath the kitchen sink. So our kitchen sink doesn't have any shelves. It's just like the whole under the sink area is one big open area. Mm. So I got a rail like that you would use to, what else would you use it for? Like that you might hang utensils on and things like that. Mm -hmm. And I've installed it underneath the sink so that spray bottles can hang like the little spray nozzle bit hangs over the hook and you can see them and grab them so quickly and they never get lost at the back. Like they're actually up high up off the floor. So that's a great way that you could organize them, Katie, so that you can see what you've got, but also separate them out. And like we say often, go shopping in your cupboards before you go to the shops and go, oh, see something on special and go, oh, I'm not sure if I have that. Go shopping in your cupboard first. Yeah. And there's often products that can be used across multiple platforms like the same you might use say vinegar and bicarb which is one of my favorite things ever I cleaned the um the drains yesterday with that in our kitchen but I also use that in my washing like so I use vinegar instead of fabric softener I also can use it to clean the bathrooms and also use it for a whole lot of different things so you might find that there are some products that once you've used up the excess that you've got maybe think about finding multifunction ones that you can replace it with yes and you can also go back and listen to our episode 67 where we talk about lists. We talk about cleaning products. That'll give listener you some requests. Cleaning products. That'll give you some good tips. Yes, it will. <laughs> um, I would also say, Katie, if you've got space underneath the sink to have some containers that have things like you might have one for sponges mm. and you might have one for um, rubber gloves and you might have another one for cleaning products. And what that means is you can really quickly grab a whole container out if you're needing a new sponge. So rather than kind of having everything in there a free-for-all, having like with like in some containers can make it much easier for you to find what you need. Yay, great tip. Excellent. All right. Any other questions? Any other, not questions, we've got heaps more questions. Any other answers for Katie or should we go on to Owen's question? I think Owen deserves some space now. All right. Owen Gray asks, what is the most amount of stuff you've taken out of one house? And what's the most common items that you declutter from clients' homes? Such a great question. That is a brilliant question. So let's talk in terms of maybe cubic metres. If I knew what a cubic metre okay. was. <laughs> I can talk in terms of cubic metres. How does your brain work? Is it bags or yeah. is it percentage? Oh, probably bags. Okay, go. 
Well, no, I, and I do know some cubic meters only because so recently I had an amazing client who we got rid of 1.2 1.3 tons and I only know that because they went to the tip and they got it weighed <laughs> over a couple of truckloads but that was just what went to the tip that did not include the six car full car loads that went to Lifeline was that their whole house? No, it was not. It was only two rooms. That's incredible. It was. They have a very large house though, so those two rooms were very large That's rooms. That's great. And How freeing. Yes. That's amazing. But I've also had clients who we've worked over the longer term. Like so this yep. was a week job that I did with that particular client and other clients I've worked over like a whole term or two. And so it's been like multiple bags every day that we work and that's you know sometimes there have been like five or six bags of donations and two or three bags of rubbish yeah so I don't like I'd hate to think of how much I've sent to the tip it's a bit scary isn't it but the truth is that stuff was sitting in our clients homes and they were treating their homes like a tip previously so just like um we've in the middle of one of our courses at the time of recording and someone shared with us the beautiful thought that when you overeat and you eat stuff just for the sake of getting rid of it and you treat your body a bit like a food disposal, in the same way when you keep unnecessary things and rubbish in your home, you're kind of treating your home like that tip. You don't want it, you don't need it, but the effort to go to a tip or it's it's too much. Um, I think probably the most I've gotten rid of in one session with donations was um, we filled a 10-ton truck with purely donations from one of my gorgeous clients. So they actually had to bring from the op shop a a big 10-ton truck and we filled it. It was unbelievable. I did not expect that we would do that. I thought maybe we'll cover the floor, but we filled this truck. So we were going through a garage and a big garage. So mo- we got rid of everything. When In that same session with that client, we got rid of nine cubic metres of rubbish. Wow. So that's And an- is that just one session or was that over multiple sessions? Just one garage. But one session, no, like one three, day? No, three days in the garage. Wow. Nine cubic metres, which would work out to be, say, three or four tonne of rubbish and then filled a truck with donations. So that was thrilling because the absolute freedom she got by having this garage that was empty at the end of it was incredible. And that that is exactly what we love is the freedom and joy that comes from realising just how much space clutter took up, Mm. whether it be donations or actual stuff that belongs in the tip or in this case with my client that I was talking about at first, she also, I reckon, we probably have another 1.2 tonne of paperwork that they did bonfires with because oh, they lived on a awesome. big property. and oh, How fun. Like there's a bit therapeutic in that too. Yeah, and there was lots of um, um, sensitive material. Ah, so it had sense. to be burnt yep. or shredded. Yeah, and who's got time to shred that much paperwork? And the shredder stopped, kept cracking it at us. Yeah, you know how shredders... Enough. Yeah, they lose it. They, yeah, and they only work for 60 seconds. <laughs> I had a client not too long ago that we did her wardrobe. So this was one session, 60 large garbage bags of donations. 60. Yeah. 60. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And I think 
for us, sometimes, as Kirst said, there's that um, weekly or fortnightly sessions, and so you don't see the cumulative effect of your decluttering. But when you do like a couple of days or a week with a client, you really notice, like I would say we did one uh, probably two or three months ago now, and I would estimate we got rid of 60 to 70% of everything she owned in a matter of a week. Wow. So obviously it was a very cluttered house, but what she ended up with was beautiful, but incredible to think you could get rid of that quantity and that percentage of your stuff and still end up with a beautiful home. Awesome. And that's why I just wanted to encourage our listeners that you may not see the progress that you're making, but take stock, look around, think about everything that you have already donated, everything that you have taken to tip or put into your garbage bin and things that you have shredded and realize that that stuff is never coming back into your house again. Like how awesome. Even if you bring new things into your house. The stuff that you have let go of has been let go of. And so give yourself a pat on the back or have a glass of wine. (laughs) Enjoy and celebrate the fact that you have actually let go of stuff and that your house is feeling lighter and you don't ever have to think about that stuff that you sent to the tip ever again. Brilliant. And Kess, what's the most common items that you declutter from clients' homes? Mm, it's a fantastic question. Can you go first? Because I'm yeah, still thinking. Yeah, I actually just wrote a blog about this for House, So it should be published by the time this episode goes live. But it's things like old uni nights, mm. um, excess mugs, mm. clothes that don't fit or are no longer in fashion or clients don't like anymore, old bills and paperwork, old bills and paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> very old bills and very old paperwork yeah because <laughs> they sit in filing cabinets and so it's easy to forget them and easy to think oh I don't need to deal with that because they're contained I think that my most common item that I declutter it would probably be toys uh, you do lots of kids young toys. families yeah kids toys or clothes Clothes is a big one. I think those two items, kids' toys and clothes, because they're so consumer items, like they're so easy just to see on sale and pick up and bring home. Yeah, and without being very thoughtful about it, like you go, oh, it's on sale. Cool, I'll just grab it without thinking, do I actually need that 20th black t shirt? And because you get instant joy from it, because you can wear it straight away or you can play with it straight away. It's not like a new. Uh, pot where you have to wait until you're going to cook that particular casserole. Yes. Macca's toys. Oh, Macca's toys. Happy Meal toys. Yes. Macca's have a lot to answer for. (laughs) More from us in just a few minutes. Don't forget to visit our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au and sign up for our bonus episode that is not so secret anymore. We've done episodes on linen cupboards, sentimental items, media, baby supplies, donations, weddings and so many more so if you're new to the art of decluttering you'll find loads of great tips like this one from the episode we did on crafts and hobbies what i'm saying is the kind of supplies we used to make jewelry back then is completely different to the type of jewelry people wear now yes and so you can still have the same hobby but the products that you use could completely evolve over time yes and so that's why it's really good to ask is this still me and, and equally so, is this still a passion of mine? Like, am I still passionate about this hobby? Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And now back to the podcast for so many more tips and tricks. Okay, our next question is from Rebecca Chensey. Hey, ladies. I'd like to know how you encourage your kids to not clutter and be accumulator of things. I know every kid I meet loves new things and always wants what other kids have. What are your tips and tricks? So first thing I would say, Rebecca, is if you go back to episode 59, um, you will actually be able to listen to a whole episode on decluttering with toddlers. Not sure if your children are toddlers. So let's talk broadly about how we can encourage our children to not be like naturally consumeristic, which I think is where your question's coming from, is that kids love new, bright, shiny, and we want them to actually be balanced, respectful, thoughtful, intentional, while still being children and having an amazing life. So Beck's got a baby, a little baby. Oh, you know Rebecca. Yeah. Oh, she's probably not so little by the time this episode goes to. So she's probably close to a year by the time this episode goes to. So yes, I do know Beck and her beautiful baby. Um, so yes, how do we teach our kids to not be accumulator of things? I think that's really challenging for all of us as parents, I think that we can definitely encourage our kids to be thoughtful. And so when they go, oh, I want this new thing, along with what we say to adults as well, is maybe get them to write that idea down on a piece of paper. Not that they can write yet at one year old, but little kids, but we can write it down for them and just encourage them to think about whether in a month's time, if they still want that. And so um, I think that's a really great tip that I've learned to do for myself is to sit, if I see something bright, shiny and new that I want, I go and write it down on a piece of paper or I take a note of it and think about it and think about it for a month. And if I'm still think I need it after a month, 
then that's a good indication that I may just go out and buy it. So I think that we can encourage that in kids from a very young age to delay gratification. Yeah, and for most children, there are two major occasions every year where there is a natural time for you to be buying them a special present, toys that they've been looking forward to, and that's obviously birthdays and Christmas. And so maybe if you have a child that says, oh my gosh, I need this new blah, 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 say, that's great, let's put it on your birthday list. So you're acknowledging it, they don't feel like you're saying no, but actually what you're saying is wait. And wait is a completely okay answer to I want. There's yes, there's no, and there's wait. And so I think as children and then as they grow up to be adults, learning that delayed gratification is really important. Um, I think if you're always saying no, that's not helpful either because you're not getting the joy of being able to buy your children something and see their faces light up and see them experience something new and learn the motor skills and the fun and the sharing that comes from those toys. So I think it really is about training and teaching and sharing what you're learning with your children about minimalism and decluttering and staying organized. Another thing that we often do when we do have birthdays is that we go have a one-in-one-out rule. So it's all one in two out even, depending on the amount of things that you have. So it can be a really great learning opportunity for kids to go, right, well, you wanted that new Xbox game. What Xbox game are we going to let go of that you don't play with anymore? And so for little, little kids, you know, you can go, right, we've got this new um, set of blocks. What don't we play with anymore? And obviously you don't need to talk to a nine-month-old about what they need. It's your choice. (laughs) But practicing that habit of, okay, we've got new things. What can we pass on to kids who don't have anything or don't have as much as we do? And it's showing children what happens with things when you're finished. So when you're finished with a toy, children don't always know what happens with that, but to involve them in the process of what an op shop looks like. And, you know, maybe your child might like to start going to an op shop with their pocket money instead of going to the toy shop because Mm. they can get more. They might be able to get something more interesting, something more unique. And also teaching kids that when toys break, it's okay to be sad they've broken, but that toys go in the bin when they've broken. So if you've got a game that you've lost pieces of or that something busted on it, rather than keeping it because the rest of the game's okay, it's okay to teach your kids that, no, that's broken now. We can't play that anymore. And then to send that off as well. And use that as a great learning opportunity to teaching opportunity to say, that's why we need to be respectful of our toys. We can have great fun with it. We can absolutely use it to its capacity, but let's not actually break the toy on purpose or accidentally, but like, let's be respectful of our toys so that we can keep playing with it and we don't have to throw it in the bin. Our next question is another question from Owen Gray. You're right on it this week, Owen. Owen asks, what items do people find the hardest to let go of? Sentimental items, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's exactly the first thing. It's those memories. Yes. So what can... We have had a few topics, conversations about sentimental items. So what was our tips in those episodes? Well, to be really respectful of how you honour memories. And I think if you go back and listen to our Sentimental Items episode, you will find some great tips and tricks in there for dealing with that sensitively, but also practically and um, rationally so that you don't keep abundance of stuff just because of the memories without actually honouring any of them. Hmm. And coming back to what we always say is that you are the storehouse of your memories, not necessarily your things. So 
But we do want to acknowledge that it is really hard to let go of. And we don't ever say that you have to let go of everything. We never, like, we never go into clients' home and expect them to go get rid of everything. Well, and you couldn't. No. Awful. And we don't want you, our listeners, to get rid of everything. And if you're really a, attached to something, then please keep it. Honour it. Yeah, on, give it honour. And I think that's too why perhaps we help people with the sentimental items a lot because sometimes that's really hard to kind of go at on your own. And so you really do need a professional alongside to help you process that, deal with the emotions and then come up with a practical solution. How do we store it? What kind of stuff do we declutter? How do we declutter it? Particularly if it's things that other family members might be interested in. Yeah, great tip. Our next question is from Sa Mara. Sa asks, how do you keep cables? I usually end up with just a giant clump of tangled cables with no idea what they're for. Excellent question. This morning when we got into our studio, we saw that Jared had been doing a little bit of decluttering and organising, and he's actually made for himself these right-angled parts of wood that sit up against the corner, so like where an architrave would sit, sit up there and he runs his cords through them so that there's not a big tangled mess of cords leading from all his equipment. So that's a great idea, Sar, if you're looking for a way to hide the cords that you're using. But what about curse if there's cords that are not in use every day? I love the idea of labeling the, the cords, having a piece of sticky tape or a label that goes around the cord um, that says what the cord is used for because then you can look at all the cords and go wow I've got 10 iPhone cables I have only one phone or only got two places where I charge my phone in my home probably don't need 10 I can let go of those other eight um, and that makes it really helpful when you do find that giant clump of tangled cables to go um, this is what they're for. Like, I know what they're for. I'd no longer have that product anymore. I got rid of that photo, that camera. I can let go of that camera now. Oh, I can let go of the cable. And it also makes it really helpful when you go to sell that camera. You can go, right, that cable, I need to get that cable and put it with the camera so I can sell the camera or donate it. It makes it really helpful and easy. What we do in our family is whenever a new electronic item comes into the home, we get a snaplock bag even before we open the box. And we label the snaplock bag with whatever the item is. So the most recent item um, that we bought was a mobile charger. So, you know, those like little battery packs that you can charge oh, yes. your mobile on. So we've had one of those snaplock bag and everything that comes out of the box goes straight in the bag. So the cords, any manual, any extra accessories, and it all goes in there together. So, and then we've got a box that sits in a cupboard that's just called cables and electronics. And everything's in a bag. So we don't label the cable in particular. We label the bag. And then when we finish with the cable, we put it straight back in the bag. And exactly like you said, then when we go to sell it, it's really easy because every single thing is in there. I did that for a client the other day. We went, we found a big box or like an Ikea box full of cables and we didn't know what half of them were. Um, 
And then she knew what the other half were. So we bagged up the ones that she did know. And it made the box so much more manageable because then you can just go, all right, I'm looking for that cable. And you pull out the bag instead of untangling all those cables to get to that one that you need. One of the things that I love for um, keeping your cables organized is not cable ties. So cable ties are kind of the concepts where it tightens around it and it sticks together. But those Velcro cable ties... Um, we use them at church, and I know Jared uses them in the studio, and that is a really clever way if you're a muso and you've got leads, cords, jacks, all that kind of stuff. Roll it. Roll your cords properly. Please roll your cords properly. Learn. You just YouTube it. How do I roll a coil cord properly? And then you just chuck one of the Velcro um, cables on it, and it really, really helps. It keeps them in great condition. Excellent. Thanks, Jared, for reminding us. <laughs> Thanks, Sar, for that question. And Rebecca Chensi asks another one. She says maybe she wants to know about keeping apartments and small homes decluttered. Oh, such a good question. I get great. I don't know if you have a lot of apartments that you declutter in Sydney, but in Melbourne I've done so many of them because out in the city there's just so many apartments going up. And I love it because they're cleverly made. Really clever. Great storage but there's not a lot of space. The space that's there is clever, but it's not in abundance. Yes, and it depends how new the apartment is. <laughs> I haven't been to really old apartments, actually. A lot of them are the newer ones. Uh, I'm working with a client at the moment who's in a very, very, very old, like in the old part of Sydney, like original house from 1880. Wow. Maybe not that old. I'm exaggerating, but a very old apartment with... No storage solutions. So what do you do in that small apartment? What are some suggestions on how to declutter smart and then do storage that really functions well? Yeah, so storage solutions is a great idea. Like it's a great way of thinking when you're buying it or moving into an apartment with very, very little storage. You do have to be really thoughtful and intentional about what you, how you store what you do have. This client in particular has underbed storage. She's got one of those lift-up beds. Very clever. So the whole underbed is built-in storage, which is great. Not where you want to keep your socks and undies, but a great no. place to keep your Christmas decorations. Christmas decorations. They go travelling quite a lot, so she's got her all her suitcases great under idea. there. So it's perfect for that, for her and her unique family. And so I, it is... Really, a small space is a really awesome space to keep decluttered because you're forced to, because you often don't have a lot of storage solutions. So then you have to be really thoughtful about what it is that you do have in your home and have um, dual purpose storage solutions. Some of the apartments that I've worked in, even the wardrobes are small. So the storage that you do have is quite limited. And I think that that gives you great opportunity for a lifestyle change to say, actually, I am going to embrace minimalism a little bit more and I'm going to have less items of clothing. Um, I'm going to have less things in the kitchen. Maybe if you're in an apartment, you might eat out once or twice a week because you've got some great places close to you if you're in a city. And so you can actually have a lifestyle change with that. So a lot of the apartments that I've worked in don't have laundries. And so, again, you've got to think creatively, like, wh- where do I put my dirty clothes? There's no laundry to put them in. Where do I put them before I go down to use the laundry that's communal? And so think about what can you, if you've got a bath, so this is what we did with one client, they had a bath in an apartment, which I thought was 
odd in and of itself because the apartment was tiny, but they'd made room for a bath. So I said, why don't you just put your dirty clothes basket inside the bath? Now, it doesn't look amazing, but it's a practical solution for the space that you have. And not many adults are coming home from work and, and running themselves a bath every night. So it was a good use of that space. Awesome. We hope that's given you a few tips. Um, it's really easy to declutter an apartment, I find, because everything is on show. And so you can um, easily see the mess and easily see the clutter, depending on the storage. If they've got s smart storage solutions, then it's also um, can be a challenge. But it's really, it's quick. It is quick. I've quick. done full apartments in like two days. Yes, me Which too. is exciting. And it's also awesome because it's really easy to clean, to keep clean and to keep decluttered because it's really obvious when something isn't in, a, in its home. Awesome. We hope that has helped, Rebecca. I love the next question. It's very simple. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Thanks, Sarah. Again, she asks great questions. My favorite ice cream is Ben & Jerry's The Tonight Show ice cream. <laughs> wow, there's a Tonight Show ice yeah, cream. Yeah, it's like Jimmy Fallon's The Tonight Show ice cream. What flavor is it? Oh, it's vanilla chocolate with chocolate fudge with peanut butter um, cookie dough and normal cookie dough. No way. And like, um, yeah, cookies, like... Yeah, it's just um, like... You're lost for words. I am because it's my absolute... Fa I don't buy any other ice cream. Simon ah. freaks out because it's quite an expensive little tub of ice cream, but it's worth it. My favourite ice cream is a gelati from a true gelati shop, and I get half chocolate and half lemon sorbet every single time. Wow, that's such an odd combination. For 38 years, I've been having the same ice cream, and my dad gets the same ice cream, half chocolate, half lemon sorbet. And my kids now get the same because it's just the best combo ever. Oh, I'm not sure if I can do sweet and sour. What's sweet and sour about it? Sweet chocolate, sour lemon. Oh, the lemon lemon sorbet is not sour. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Wait till you try it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney Snowden asked, any tips for garage laundries? Uh, the tiniest one ever with room for a sink and a dryer stacked on top of the washer. Um, she's put shelving in from Ikea, but it all seems so disorganized still. Yeah, I've had a, quite a few clients with garage laundries. Have you had clients with that before? No. Okay. So what it basically means for those of you that don't know is instead of having a laundry inside the house, in the garage is a point where you can attach your washing machine and drainage points. And so your laundry just operates out of your garage. So usually it's just against the back wall or something like that. Um, some of them I've seen that are disconnected, almost like the old Dunny style. Yes. So you've got those. I think you just need to be really smart with storage. So you said there that you've used the Elgot shelving. I'm a massive fan of the Elgot shelving. It's easy to click together. It's versatile. You can add to it. You can change what you need. Um, so what I would say, Courtney, is pop a photo, if you can, onto our Facebook page because we'd love to give you some specific advice and maybe some of our listeners might have some advice for you as well. I think with laundries, it's really important to be really considered about what actual cleaning products do you actually need. I think that we get sold so much by um, marketers that we need this and that and this and that just to clean clothes. 
<laughs> so I would be thoughtful about what, it, how much cleaning products do you actually need. So, for instance, in our house we have a spot cleaner and washing powder. That's all that we have. So we our laundry cupboard isn't full of other products. So um, I, I would question how much products you need and then um, just think about how often you do your washing because if you're only doing it like once a week, Courtney, then you do definitely need to have um, storage solutions for your dirty clothes that you're only getting to once a week and that's totally fine. Um, but if you're washing every day, um, or every other day, how much, um, how many laundry baskets do you need? Um, could you think about only having one instead of one for every family member? Um, and that might help you feel a little less overwhelmed in that. In the and laundry. consider too with the Algot system, there is the option of having things like hooks and there's a drying rack with, that comes with the Elgot's shelving system. And there's baskets that you can put on there. So have a think about the versatility of what could you hang on hooks. Have you got a peg basket or have you got, you know, one of those octopus sock dryers that you could hang up on those things rather than perhaps having them on shelving. You might find that that uses the space a little bit better. Yeah, we can't wait to see your photo though. Yes, please share your photo with us. And if other people have laundry garages or strange or interesting laundries, we would love to see them and see what functionality we can get out of it. Same if you have a small apartment or if you're one of the people that have got rid of hundreds and hundreds of bags, we would love to hear how you've gone. With all the questions that we've asked today, we'd love to hear your feedback and your suggestions as well because we are not the fount of all knowledge you have so much knowledge as well. We would like to give a shout out to Teresa who left us a Facebook review and we're going to share that with you to encourage you and to encourage us too. Teresa says, hi, I started decluttering my home about 12 months ago and I am nearly there. Good job, Teresa. Yay. Your podcasts provided some much needed motivation to push through and see this completed. I love a podcast that covers some of the mistakes you've made or some funny client antics from when you started out. It would help to know that you have also had things go wrong in the beginning, and I'm sure it would be pretty funny. I love that idea, Teresa. So you, you kind of want an outtakes of our life, our professional life outtakes, don't you? <laughs> we have added that to our list. Excellent. Thank you for that, Teresa. If you are enjoying our podcast and want to share the love, we'd love you to pop over to Facebook and leave a review as well. Yeah, and if you think that you have a friend who would love to listen to our craziness, and our tips and tricks then please share this episode with them or please share any of our episodes with them we love growing our community and we love our listeners so much and we really appreciate you all so thanks for listening today thanks to katie owen rebecca sar and courtney for your questions i look forward to our next episode that we do with listener questions so make sure you give us your topic suggestions and your questions because it makes it lots of fun have a great week see you next week bye Thanks for joining us. If you've learned something awesome today, do a friend a favor and share this episode so they too can learn the art of decluttering. You can find me, Amy, over at simplyorganized.net or on Facebook as Simply Organized PO. You can find me, Kirsty, over at feelslikehome.net.au or on Facebook as Feels Like Home PO. 
Don't forget, you can see the show notes in your podcast app or over at our website, theartofdecluttering.com.au. So if there's anything you want more info on, check it out there. If you love what you hear, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes. We hope you've enjoyed listening and that you've learned some tips to help you declutter and keep your home organised. If you'd like to join our supporter community, you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash decluttering. We hope you have a great rest of your day and enjoy the freedom. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.